Welcome to the Pilot Boys Podcast, where you'll get the real on all things sports, music, and pop culture. And here are your hosts, Vishwant and Partha. Pilot Boys episode 81. What's up, V? What's going on, man? My gosh, man. Like a lot has happened in the last seven days, I feel like. Yeah, a lot has happened. A lot is happening. Um, as always, the world is constantly moving, um, and we are just trying to keep up. Yeah, straight up. You know, part of uh, part of what was cool this weekend was Elon Musk hosted SNL, um, came out publicly about having Asperger's, which I thought was a really brave thing to do, man. Like, that's the type of thing that could easily get you kicked out of your company, you know? Yeah, I mean, he's built up enough enough equity i think over time that his board and people understand that um whatever issues or eccentricities he has he's irreplaceable right oh you would you would think that v but on their shareholder notes from their quarterly earnings report he's he's marked as an unstable ceo who has a tendency to like say things without essentially without thinking is kind of how they characterize him and uh, we do know some of his board doesn't like the fact that he runs two companies and he spends more of his time at SpaceX, right? So Yeah, he definitely has enemies, right? Untouchable um, till you're not untouchable. Yeah, and that's that's the thing, right? Like it goes back to the the old mob story about the Teflon Don, how John Gotti used to feel like he had a, a limitless uh, power and he could do whatever the hell he wanted to do until one day he realized he couldn't. You yeah. Know? Um, and that's, that's the danger here. And I think Elon, <laughs> for me, we got into, we got into a, a, a discussion that I think if we were having in person would have been interpreted a little bit differently, but because it happened over text, it seemed like we were <laughs> arguing. Um, but Elon is a very interesting guy to me because I admire him tremendously for a variety of reasons. And there are characteristics that he has that that I continue to strive to get better at, right? Yeah. Which is he has unequivocal belief. What he did with Tesla, like understanding the landscape of the U.S. auto manufacturing industry, not just from like a business standpoint, but from a political standpoint, to actually take an electric car company and create essentially another player in the, amongst the big three you know, yeah. in, in the U.S. auto industry and become that fourth big player. Yeah. Very, very admirable. Um, he goes all in on whatever he believes in. He puts his money up. He works 24-7. Yep. Um, those are all admirable qualities. Now, there are certain quirks that I always think come with people like this, right? Like that are tuned in the way that he is. And I think you and I kind of diverge slightly. It's essentially the same thing as Kanye, right? Like you kind of have an unequivocal appreciation for, for Kanye and, and Elon. I see certain things that they do and say, Hey, I could do without those things. Right. Um, and I think part of that is like this whole kind of, certain things that they do take away from, to me from their, 
their brilliance and what they why I admire them, right? Certain so, things they say or do. You're right, by the way. Yeah. But my counter argument to the the entire thing, it's a, it's about expectation. And I think we as a society hold people that have a lot of money or have a lot of voice at a higher standard than everybody else. And so, you know, there's arguments for why those people are held at a higher standard, yep. but they're the same as you and I. Yep. So I feel when I hear somebody being held at a higher standard, it doesn't really make sense to me because I mean, the person holding them at the higher standard should hold themselves at the same standard. And, you know, oftentimes the people who make the comments aren't, you know, on the same level in terms of impact, in terms of drive. And like there is a certain personality type like we talk about in hip hop. We talk about it in sports. If you want to be the guy, you got to really live that life. Right. Mm -hmm. To be Elon, you can't get the good without the bad. And like that's just something that I've grown to. Same with Kanye. Like unless you get that level of conviction. It comes with its, you know, with its barbed wires must, as much as it comes with its rewards. And like that is just a consequence of being that bold and that outside of the box. And like, so that's why for me, you know, I just like don't really care what people do or whether people think it's good or bad. Right. But like, I just look for what I appreciate. And then for everything else, like, whatever, dude, be a human. Like, I don't really, I don't really care. Yeah. I mean, it's an extension of what we we talked about last week, right? Like, the question that I have with both of them is like, if if there's something that you and you or I do, right, that is that it's kind of might make some people cringe. We have people internally that will point that out to us, and sometimes I wonder with some of these people once they get to that level of power, whether those people exist in their lives anymore. Well, that's a great point, right? I mean. It's unlikely. And you know, it's unlikely when you become a visionary that anybody's correcting you when you're holding that position of tremendous power. I mean, it's it's really unlikely. I want to read you this tweet that I was sent by Nafis about um, Elon. I just thought this was this was really interesting. So it's uh, at M. Tracy, Michael Tracy. I'm not sure who that is. Uh, one thing that's interesting about Elon Musk is that he's the most effective green energy magnate possibly in history but progressives are still expected to despise him. And I thought that was an interesting tweet because I felt it underscored how a lot of the people who are fighting for innovative minds, innovative thinkers, and change in society also are the same ones who get upset when the people who create the change get to too large of a platform and their flaws are shown, right? And I think that that is one of the most interesting paradoxes I've observed in our society, that a lot of the time, the people who want the change the most are the ones who are the first ones to raise raise their pitchforks. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. There's that part of it, right? They raise their pitchforks. And what's, what we're seeing with Do Dogecoin, and I actually had this discussion with, with, with a friend of mine who, who leans pretty far left. Um, is is this idea that you want to castigate and you want to you want to attack the rich for doing things that are unbecoming or, or bending rules to get rich, right? But then suddenly this thing called Dogecoin, which is created as a joke, everyone knows it's created as a joke, has no intrinsic value. But the moment they start seeing it rise, they jump in and they want to invest their money in it. And yeah. it's like, don't you see that? what you're criticizing is who you are 
right? Yeah, yeah. Because it's it's all about the opportunity, right? Yeah. For for most people, it's like their people's morals seem to always be compromised when there's an opportunity for themselves. But yeah. when they see someone else capitalizing on an opportunity and they're not part of it, and this is where security comes in in yourself and what you, the race you're running, instead of focusing internally, they focus externally and find a reason to be pissed off at somebody else's success, Yeah, which is, I think, an extreme example, right? We live in a very polarizing world. My kind of position on things is, I like to evaluate people objectively, not because I care so much about Elon Musk, but I like to understand success, both the, 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 the positive attributes of it. And then some of the things that make me say, Hmm, I don't want to be like that though. You know what I mean? And I think that that's, that's a healthy way to approach it. But I just think we just live in a, in a, in a hate filled society in which people don't like seeing other people shine. Yeah. And also, I'll also just add to that, like the mentality that makes you money is the opposite of the mentality that emotionally reacts when other people make money or even when something is a joke or not a joke. Right. Like the interesting thing about Dogecoin for me is that it has been a way a lot of people have made a lot of money in the last year. And that's an absolute joke of a way to make money. But it doesn't mean it wasn't effective, right? Yeah. And one of the powerful things about the market, about living in you know an, an open economic society is that you're betting on what society will adopt. That's like how you're making money, right? What yeah. society buys into. And Elon, like whatever his promotion of Dogecoin, you know, ha- like people feel a way about that, right? But like to me, it's like it's clearly a joke, right? But people are clearly making money from it. And to me, that's the same as an NFT. That's the same as any currency, right? The value fluctuates based on how much we value it. So to me, it's it's an interesting scenario where if you're aware enough of your emotions, you can objectively look at it and say, okay, the basis of value here isn't real. But I do know that, you know, say, say, whatever stock has dropped, right? Like I bought Peloton last week after their recall. I know it's a good company and I know it's undervalued, but you can apply the same logic to these kind of like meme stocks, right? Like it's undervalued, but I know a ton of people are going to buy it ironically, but that's like, that's like creating a brand for satire. You know what I mean? Like if you were to make satirical t-shirts, it's the same kind of move, right? You're betting on satire in the society. You just have to have the nuanced thinking to be able to make the bet and be okay with the consequence. If you're wrong, that that's not a move that you invested in some shit that didn't have any value. But at the end of the day, what really has value? The only things that have value are the ones that we choose to prescribe value to. So it's like, it's an interesting situation, but I still see that there's a way to make money when there's no real value created with a bunch of items. I mean, you could, you could extend the same line of thinking to art. Obviously, art is very beautiful, but it's valued based on the artist. It's a brand thing, right? It's yep. a societal thing. It's not valued on anything measurable. Yep. And I, and I think also it's, it's, you have to look at things and evaluate things when you, before you react to someone's position on something, ask yourself the question of what do they have to gain by doing this? Right. Elon is playing chess, not checkers. Right. And he knows 
once you allow someone to know that, hey, if I tweet about this, it impacts the price yep. of this of this this coin. Why wouldn't he continue to do that? Because it benefits him, right? If he yep. is the secret largest stakeholder in Dogecoin that we don't know about, for example, why would he not do that, right? Yep. Um, and and you have to understand that that's the way of the world. That's been the way of the world historically. You know, if if you want to have perfect morals, then the financial world is not the industry to be in, right? But let's also let's also even talk about that, right? Like, what is perfect morality? You know, what is right or wrong? What has value? What doesn't? Right? Like, I really don't think there's clear lines. Like, I think there's conventional ways that we, as a society, have decided, you know, what we ascribe value to or what we don't. But we're in a period of time where everything is being questioned. Yeah. The news, the truth, everything, you know? Yeah, everything is. And we have this kind of like the thing that I've learned in the last couple of years is what has value is what the masses react to. Yep. Um, or large enough. That's what matters today. It hasn't always been the case, but I think more so than anything, to generate attention with all of the things going on, all of the things that are being talked about, something has to be as extreme as Dogecoin, where it's a 16,000% return from January to May, to even get to the point where it's on people's radars, that it's something that holds people's attention, right? And I think that's, you underline a good point, is like, what has value is what we prescribe value to. And if we're if we're going to be upset about Dogecoin, then we need to look at ourselves in the mirror as a society and say, what is causing us to value this thing the way that it is? Because it's not the coin. It's not the founders of Dogecoin because the initial founder of Dogecoin, I read, cashed out his entire investment and bought a Honda Civic a few <laughs> years ago. You know what I mean? So you have to ask yourself, if you're pissed off at the world about Dogecoin, then you should be pissed off at yourself. Yeah. I mean, honestly, just like when you notice that it's, it's a, it's, you're right. It's a, trigger to take that internal journey so you know interesting stuff going on in the world and um while we all as a society are questioning why we value what we value what's real and why it's important to us i think as as somebody who wants to be financially savvy it's time to take a step back and get rid of the biases we have about what we value and what we don't and really look at everything in the world as a blank slate get the emotion out of there and start looking at things a little bit rationally and don't write anything off because you don't understand it. You don't understand why value it, why people value it. Like just people wanting to say F you to the dollar is a good enough reason for an alternative currency to have value. You know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah. And then you point out that that is the most valuable thing you can do for yourself is work on creating emotional balance. If you are going to start a business or you are going to try to make money, you have to learn how to, balance your emotions when it comes to that, or you are going to have a very depressing and sad journey. That's yeah. just the truth. That That is the truth, right? Like if you're surfing a wave, you go where the wave is letting you go. Yeah. That's how you make money. You ride the wave and you take the signs and you make your moves accordingly based on what society is giving you to work with. And I think you have to create that same emotional openness financially that you would have if you were surfing that you would have if you're playing any sort of sport or doing any sort of you know thing right it's like it's all about catching the flow and just riding the wave
Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, talking about waves that are ending, this is this is one that I I'm happy about. The FDA is banning menthol cigarettes and flavored cigars starting next year. Um, I'm not a smoker, man, and in the tobacco sense, like I'll smoke cigars from time to time, but like I'm. I, I think cigarettes are are one of the worst things that have ever been created. So I'm glad I'm glad to see them getting a little bit harder to get. I just I just don't think they're good for people. You know, at the same time, like you know, you've got freedoms and such. But like, I just kind of fall in the camp. I've never smoked, so this doesn't really bother me at all. It actually makes me feel happy because there's less of that kind of secondhand smoke in the air. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, cigarettes are literally like that's always been my argument since probably the time I was 16 years old, which is, okay, you're going to tell me that I can buy cigarettes, right? Um, And I can buy liquor, but there's certain things that I can't buy. If you're going to allow me to buy those things, then I should be allowed to buy anything, Yeah, right? Because it's it's been pretty much proven in every study that cigarettes are like one of the most harmful things that you can put into your body, yet they've continued to stay legal. Now, you know, there is kind of a freedom issue here, right? Which is we live in America. And I know specifically there are certain communities that are saying, hey, why are you trying to police us specifically by attacking these specific types of cigarettes versus attacking the whole industry? Right. Yeah, because this is clearly aimed at black people. Yes, it is. Uh, I mean, like that. The other part of it, which is interesting, is that like flavored cigars, right? Like backwoods. Yeah, that's what you use for rolling. Yep. So yep. I'm curious if this is just like part of a move before cannabis becomes nationally legalized. If the FDA is just trying to gain some control beforehand. Yeah, it's an interesting move, and we'll we'll see what the what the fallout is. Um, but uh, I, it just it raised it was just a funny story to me initially until I read more into it. Like yeah. it was like, oh damn, people aren't going to be able to roll their weed in uh, in cigars anymore. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I mean, like you and I both like this is part of the scene we're in. You know what I yep. mean? Like I've seen backwoods more than I've seen cigarettes in my life. Yep, a hundred percent. So yep. goofy, but hey, that's that's how it goes sometimes. Yeah, there's always there's always a reason. That's not the reason that we're hearing that these things are happening. So yeah, eventually so, we'll find out. <laughs> you know, um, the humorous headline of the day: uh, the demand for butt implants is through the roof during the pandemic. You know, two reasons for this: one, everyone's sitting all day, so you might need that extra cushion. <laughs> uh, but probably the bigger reason: uh, TikTok. I think. I think everyone's trying to shake that ass. Yeah, I think that that's it. And it's funny. There, part of that article that I read on this was they're saying that people are actually removing their breast implants at a <laughs> higher rate. So there's been a transition. The butt is more valuable than breasts. It seems that way in, in today's society. And and you know, for any anyone listening that that is a you know male or female who's considering this, just you're beautiful. You're beautiful how you are. You don't need it. Nothing about an implant is gonna make you happier. It's just it, not. It's not. It's a temporary fix. Yeah. So, you know, if you're if you're insecure about the size of anything on your body, just take a step back and remember, you know, you're you're on purpose. Like the way you're built is on purpose. Yes. Don't interfere with God's plan. Yeah. <laughs> Man, 
That I just want to quote Drake right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, man, that was a great headline, though. Yeah, Since seriously. I mean, yeah, that, that's what we live for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, Seth Rogen and and James Franco aren't working together anymore. Yeah, it was interesting. They actually asked uh, Seth Rogen about this interview. Anyone who knows the history of these guys' relationship, they work on everything together pretty much. They've made some historically funny movies, but um, it seems like James Franco has gotten into a lot of hot water, specifically as being a you know being known as a sexual predator, very sexually aggressive on set and with um, specifically younger females and it just got to a point where even one of his best friends has said that he can't work with him anymore and so what's interesting about this is what are you supposed to do here if somebody is really your close friend is the answer to disconnect from them or is the answer to force them to seek help right and that is the question here is it's is is this the right move not from society's standpoint, right? If somebody has these type of issues, some sort of sexual perversion issues, it's not society's responsibility to police them. But if you are someone who's a family member or someone who's extremely close to this person, they consider to be that close. Do you have a greater responsibility to kind of stay loyal and help them work through those issues? Dude, I think I think you say it twice and then you're out. Yeah. I think it's that simple. You yeah. say it once, you say it again, and then you're done. Yep. Yep. People make their own decisions, man. And like, there's a lot to be said when you see people tripping like that, but it usually has to do with some stuff that they got to figure out on their own. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's very disturbing to hear this too about James Franco because, you know, I do enjoy a lot of these movies that they did together. He's, he's, he was extremely funny, but I do like, I do like the fact that you have to hold people um, that are close to you accountable. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll also say like, I'm a big fan of separate the art from the artist, right? Like yeah. if you could still enjoy it, yeah. you know, you don't have to hang out with James Franco, right? Yeah. <laughs> like don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're a girl, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. it doesn't sound like that's the best it place for you. It doesn't sound like it's a good place to be. Yeah. But outside of that context, I see no problem watching pineapple express and having a great night. Yep. Yep. <laughs> So, um, you want to talk about Tebow? Man, this is the this is the headline that, like, for all my white friends out there, right? You're like, if you if you don't think white privilege exists, <laughs> <laughs> and you see this Tim Tebow headline, <laughs> reconsider that position, please. There's reconsider. another guy that I think was probably eligible as a quarterback who's been keeping him, himself in shape for years. You know, um. <laughs> I think he goes by Kaepernick. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is, this is, you know, there's this, it's, it's very funny, right? Like this guy has not played in NFL. Tim Tebow is like, there aren't very many people that I really genuinely dislike, but I and really dislike this guy. For we got to say, just to preface it, it is because we're Ohio state fans. Part of it. Partially. Yeah. Partially. Yeah. But I think there's there's more to it than that, right? Like, if you really understand this guy's backstory, right? He's been glorified as like this 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 perfect, perfect moral person, right? But his actions are very always very selfish, 
the reason that he left the NFL initially, and when you understand how the NFL landscape works too, when he left the NFL initially, it was because he was too proud and didn't want to change positions from quarterback to tight end. Typically in the NFL, when a player says, I'm not going to do what you want me to do, the NFL says, well, you're not going to have a position in our league. So this guy leaves the NFL, says, hey, I'm going to play baseball. Gets a job with the New York Mets. No qualifications to do that. He isn't very good at baseball. That doesn't work out. Oh, man, Urban, you're the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Can I get a job with you? Yeah, I'll play tight end now. <laughs> Fuck this guy, man. Honestly, <laughs> like he is he is like anybody who work who who really has to work for that position, he's taking a position away from a tight end who's played in college who deserves that position because he's buddies with Urban Meyer. And this is a lesson for minorities as a whole, right? The society that we live in is always going to have kind of this, we live in this old boys club society where certain people will look out for each other. We have to do the same for each other, the same way that Urban's doing for Tim Tebow. That is one of those things that I think when you understand that and you adjust to it versus being upset about it, you can have progress. Yeah, I think that that's a really good point, man. I mean, there's de there's definitely like these advantages. This is a, a very visual one, but it happens all the time. It happens every day in, in every industry and just how it works sometimes. But the for me, it's like the the interesting part of it is how Tebow maintained his image for so long in yeah. such a glowing light, especially down in Florida. I mean, clearly he's going to sell a lot of jerseys down there, right? So yeah. there's there's some calculation to the move as well so if i'm if i'm the jaguars it makes a ton of sense business-wise right same thing if you're urban plus urban and tim have a great relationship so there's that part of it as well but you know i mean it's just how it goes i i, I think you're right though v like as a minority you just have to be cognizant that this stuff happens and just position yourself where you're always ready when the opportunity comes because the the amount of mistakes you can make as a minority is like half what you can do as a white person. Yep. Yep. And, and the truth is that urban has done very well in Jacksonville, but people have their Achilles heels and knowing the locker room at Ohio state, one of the issues with urban has always been that he kind of catered to his favorites. He had players that, and when you're running an NFL team and an organization especially amongst grown men who, who make millions of dollars. This is one of those moves that, that, that could undermine his power position as a coach. So I don't, I don't understand why, he's, why he's, he'd even take this risk. Jersey sales aren't worth it. They have Trevor Lawrence. He's going to sell a bunch of uniforms, and he's actually a good football player and a good quarterback, unlike Tim Tebow. I don't know. Yeah. The other part of it that I will say is like veteran leadership I have heard clips of Tebow mic'd up. He seems like a great guy to be on the field with from an energy standpoint. So that can always make an impact for sure. But, you know, anyway, I think I think the, yeah. the lesson here is that if you are, you know, a minority, I think the most important thing you can do is be ready for the opportunity when it comes and make sure you learn 
how to interact and talk to people of different races, right? Yes. You do have the code switch, but that's okay. Everybody does that. Yeah. And then finally, make sure that you're in a place where you can be accountable for every mistake that you might make. You can be honest about everything. You can just be real with people because if you're a direct communicator, that transcends race. That transcends yeah. everything when you know how to be honest with somebody. Yep. It just yep. hits deeper. So, and, you know. and if you see someone that looks like you um, trying to do something, help them out. Yeah, hundred percent. Help everybody out. Honestly. Yep. yep. It's not a. It's, it's not it's about not. race when it comes to giving back. It's uh, or at all actually. If if you as a but, minority even focus on that, right? It can also be a subconscious mm -hmm. thing. Yep. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about one of the most gifted yet most hated stars in basketball, Russell Westbrook, who did something amazing yesterday. He beat Oscar Robertson's triple-double record. So that's 182 career triple-doubles for Russell Westbrook, I believe. Yes, it is. I mean, for us, we're huge. We're both huge fans. Everything he embodies is kind of like the person, the type of people we aspire to be. We aren't perfect yet, but just the whole motto of why the hell not, you know, yeah. why not? Is something that I think if a lot of people prescribe to, like Russell Westbrook does, like whatever it is you want to do with your life, how you want to live it, how you want to play the game of basketball, what what standards you want to set, why not? Why not yeah. do it? Why not chase it? Why not go after it your way? And yeah. I think that that's the takeaway in the people who admire Russell Westbrook. That's the thing that they understand. It goes back to our earlier conversation. You're not going to be unequivocally or universally admired when you are 100% authentically yourself. Yeah. And you are going to have people that dislike you. That's it, right? Russ has always kept it 100. Yeah. Always. And it's like, dude, that, that amazing interview clip of him just like being so exasperated at the question he got asked or <laughs> the one that went super viral where he's just like, what? Like making all those faces? Yeah. I mean, yeah. dude, like that is fucking gold like that's one of the funniest clips i've ever seen and at the same time he just he just is able to s just hold frame stay himself everyone who's ever played with him freaking loves the guy he seems like a great hang he's in a lot of very different types of circles and he's just been a cultural influencer because to your point he did like i think russell's an honorary pilot boy like yep. be you right like he yep. embodies that to the fullest yeah. And you know, also with athletes, sometimes they speak in these platitudes and they seem to say the things like when you ask an NBA player who, who's a great player who hasn't won a ring, like when he answered that question, the way that he answered it, you knew it was a hundred percent what he believed, not just him saying what he felt like he needed to say, where he, yeah. he's not insecure about the fact that he doesn't have a championship. No. And I, and I think that that even for his peers in the NBA, I find a lot of former athletes and stuff that I have in my circle, once they stop playing, that insecurity starts to set in. And if you operate like Russell does throughout your career and build up yourself like that, then the post won't be as difficult for you. Yeah. I don't think he's going to struggle post-career. I don't think so either. And I got to say, I see the same thing in entrepreneurship too. People yeah. will be embarrassed or disappointed in themselves if they don't have a huge exit or they don't raise a ton of money. And it's just people have to find the confidence to understand that their path is unique to them. 
and there is yep. no right or wrong to it. There just it just is, right? Yep. And I think Russell lives in that place where he just is who he is. And that's why he's he's such a successful player and athlete because he's clearly having the time of his life every time he touches the court. Yep. Yep. It's amazing. Um, speaking of people who really embody passion for the craft, whew, man, I've been waiting for this project for a long time. My favorite artist, J. Cole, is dropping an album on Friday. I'm hype about this, man. I'm so hype. And yeah, let me tell, I'm going to just give the J. Cole story. I'm going to give this again with when we talked to Reza, who's from Rock Nation, who, who we're going to have um, a clip with in a second. But uh, I'll just give the abridged version. J. Cole has been my favorite artist since 2010 when I went to college. And every bit of music that he released, I just felt like I felt like my growth journey was just so parallel to his, right? Maybe a couple years behind because that's how long, how long it takes to put out an album. But every time he put out a message, it was just like, wow, like, I feel like somebody's narrating my lived experience, right? In the process of growing, getting attention, et cetera, and how you find happiness. And I think there's, there's a lot of value alignment there. So he's, he's one of those artists that um, found a way to evolve into the modern version of the game, into the modern sound without losing what makes him special, which is his lyricism, self-awareness, and honesty. And uh, he dropped this fantastic uh, video kind of summarizing his project and his search to create like the best possible work he could create. And I think like this philosophy of how he's approaching the project is something that everybody can look at their own lives with, right? Because it's not about how much money you make. It's not about how much media you get. It's not about any of those things. It's about how good are you at what you do? And can you like, what is the bar for you? Like, how hard do you want to push yourself? And where do you want to get? How will you know you've created the best work you can possibly create and your skills are at the height of what they yeah. can be. Right. And like, that was the sentiment I got watching this documentary is that J Cole approached this project with this desire to just be at his top, you know? Yeah. One of the things that I admire the most about him and Russ is that they don't, they don't live for the byproducts of success. Yeah. Right. The success is the journey in their careers for them and what they're trying to do and what they're trying to accomplish for J Cole. Part of the reason he's so successful and he can go platinum with no features. And we'll get into this more with Reza is that that authenticity, be authentically, be yourself, be you, be you like that will resonate the people that it's supposed to resonate with. It will resonate with, it may not resonate with everyone, but just understand that that's the best way to not lose yourself is to just force the world to embrace you for who you are. Yeah. If they don't, then let the cookie crumble where it crumbles. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, you know, it's unlikely that pure honesty expressed clearly is a bad product. It's no. it just doesn't happen. When you put your heart and your soul into something and you really search for mastery of your craft, you always create something worthwhile. And yeah. then it's the other side, right? Like I heard this quote from Pharrell. This might have been on the Pilot Boys page, but he goes, you know, the thing about the music business is you have to be great at the music and you have to be great at the business. You have to have both skills. And I think that goes for every single job. You have to be great at your skill and you have to be great at the business side of it and understanding how your industry works and learning how to modify and work within those dynamics to create success for yourself, knowing that 
you're also one of the best at what you do, right? And yeah. like that that takes a lot of work and it's not an easy place to get to. And I think J. Cole really he embodies this this example of somebody who, to your point, no distractions, just put the work in, you know, to handled his private life really nicely, has a great family, and just built a very purpose driven life that a lot of people resonate with that he has a hundred percent control over. Yeah. Unbelievable. Ooh. So on that note, man, my J Cole fandom could go forever. Well, For those, we're going to yeah. have a, we're going to have a really good, good conversation. Yeah. Um, with Reza, who, who is the director of promotion at rock nation, specifically talking about how to build something like this. If you're an artist, or, or someone who's, who's, who's on this journey, I think it'll be a very, very valuable conversation for you to tap into. Yep. And then for those who haven't seen it, there's this amazing skit from RDC World 1. Um, it's this amazing in, like YouTube, Instagram, TikTok account that you should follow of uh, you know what J. Cole fans are like when they find out he's releasing a new project. And uh, it's pretty accurate, man. It's pretty accurate. So it's been part of it for like the last two weeks. Yeah. Encourage, encourage all of you to check that out. Uh, in the meantime, we'll take a quick break and we'll be back with our deep dive. Show the Pilot Boys some love by getting some of our exclusive merch at shop.pilotboys.com. You're listening to the Pilot Boys podcast. Hey guys, this is Partha. You might know me as a Pilot Boy, but I'm also the CEO of Lasso. Lasso is a high-performance lifestyle brand that makes the Lasso Sock 2.0, the most functional sock ever to help you stay moving on any adventure you choose. Lasso uses patented compression technology with scientifically proven ankle stability to support key ligaments and tendons as well as moisture-wicking materials and built-in strike padding, so every single step is stable, soft, and cool. Lasso socks are also used to treat foot and ankle conditions like plantar fasciitis, Achilles pain, ankle soreness, circulation issues, and more. Check them out at lassogear.com or at lassogear on social media. Undo Media is proud to be the production partner for the Pilot Boys. Storytelling is what they do. From video production, podcasting, and consulting, Undo Media's focus is on telling your story. Find out why four Emmys and hundreds of clients will back up why you should contact Undo Media for your next project. Look them up at undomedia.com. B, man. How you feeling? Feeling good, man. Feeling good. Feeling so this good. Is, this is your topic today. Yeah, man. I, uh, I posted a, uh, a TikTok yesterday because I was just feeling a certain type of way. Like one of the things that's starting to really, really annoy me a lot about people. And it, and it annoyed me. I had to first go through annoyance with myself for being one of these people, right? <laughs> <laughs> to get to the point where I'm annoyed at other people for being, <laughs> being this way is not appreciating the advantages that you have, right? A lot of people, there's this mentality of like, being self-made or I did it my my way on my own. And the reality is that nobody does it on their own. Nobody does it without help. And all of us have attributes and advantages that other people have. You, you have to recognize them and you have to exploit them and take advantage of them because we live in a very cruel world where if you don't take advantage of your advantages, 
everybody else is going to take advantage of your disadvantages. Oh yeah. So every time when you start feeling guilty about certain things that you might have, if, if you're in college and your parents have the ability to help pay your rent, don't feel guilty about it. Take advantage of it. Right. If, if you're, if you're, you're blessed and, and you win a sweepstakes for, for an Apple laptop when you can't afford one, take advantage of it. Don't feel guilty about the fact that you have it and someone else doesn't. That wasn't a very good example, but you know what I'm, (laughs) (laughs) you know, the direction that I'm headed in here, which is recognize what you have around you. And one of the things that I I've seen too, is that, and this isn't just about an abundance, but having abundance or not having abundance, having wealth or not having wealth. I think both of those things, if you come from nothing, I've seen this with my dad and my parents coming from nothing. It should draw, you have a greater drive, internal drive and motor to achieve greatness. Yeah. Right. And if you are, if you are benefit and you're born into a family that's already successful, then you have an advantage because you're ahead in the race. Don't just lay it, lie on the fact that you're ahead in the race. Take advantage of that advantage, right? Yeah. And go further. And, yeah. and, and that's the thing that I find a lot of people dealing with is it's like on both sides of the spectrum, making excuses for themselves as to why they can't get to where they're going. Everybody has a talent. Everybody has a skill. Everybody has one or two people at least who will help them get to where they're going. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Powerful V. What a, what a powerful message. And I, I want to read a part of my horoscope that I saw yesterday that I felt really tied into this conversation. Um, this thing that we're talking about, I would classify as the inability to receive. A lot of people struggle receiving from, yep. you could say from people, I'm just going to say from the universe, just to say from outside of yourself. Um, the, the horoscope ends with um, challenge yourself to receive more and more without even the slightest hesitation. Give up control and let go. Yep. And it was so powerful because we think about give up control when bad things happen to us, but we don't think about give up control when good things happen to us, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, it's important to understand that there is no good or bad. There are things that happen and we say no to good things sometimes because we feel we haven't earned them yet or we don't deserve them. And we get frustrated with things that are bad. But the only thing that defines something as good or bad is whether your expectations were set in that direction or not in that direction, right? If you wanted to, you know, like I'll use my company as an example. If we launch t-shirts and they outsell everything else we make, you know, that wouldn't have been the intention. So yeah. I could I could say, wow, this is not good. We need to increase the sales of our other products. Or I could say, this is great. Looks like we should make more t-shirts, right? Yeah. It's like the world, like we talked about with surfing, that analogy earlier, the world opens the path for you. It's your responsibility to follow the signposts and just ride that wave, right? And so there is no good or bad. There are just twists and turns that you can navigate and you can navigate them smoothly or you can have a tough time with them. And I think receiving good things is one of the things people struggle with the most because they're conditioned to think that it's harder than it is. Yes, yes. It's and not. I think, and I think there's also this this um, man-made or cultural um, 
kind of input that comes in, which is which develops pride in people yeah. as well, which is actually one of the most useless things that you can have is a a unnecessarily high level of pride because then you will not be able to receive right i and i've struggled with this throughout my throughout my teens and my my 20s and even into my 30s which was this pride element of like i was ingrained in my head that i've got to do it my way i've got to do it on my own you know um i got to prove prove myself in ways that didn't even make sense to prove myself right yep. and that's all part of like working through that thing of of pride and it's just such a it's and i and i look back and i say i wasted so much potential productivity by having that mindset yeah and and i think we all kind of go through that right as we go through our journeys and the sooner you're able to understand that and and let me be clear here when i say take advantage of your advantages it does not mean take your advantages for granted and be lazy and 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 don't do shit with them you know what i mean yeah that's the other part of it there are yeah. people who are born with a bunch of advantages and instead of taking advantage of it they get complacent and i hate those people more than I hate any other people ever is because you have zero excuses and you're yeah. making excuses out of make-believe. Yeah. And when you realize how cruel the world is and you actually get a perspective, if you go to a third world country and you see what real struggle is and you come back to America and you see what the, the worst is here and you see those people smiling and joyous and, and making the best of it, 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 it reduces your tolerance for the bullshit. I think it also goes to show that mental health is a problem across the spectrum, right? Like this lack yeah. of like, we deny ourselves happiness when we're unhappy inside. That is universal amongst humans. It has nothing to do with where you were born in society. And like, to your point, V, like it's important to like, look at the, um, your advantages almost from an emotionally distanced place where you're, yes. you look at them as tools, right? Because a lot of people, as we said earlier, feel guilt because they're comparing what they have to what other people they know have. But for every person you compare with, there's a person who has way more advantage yes. than you, right? Exactly. So it's like that guilt that you feel and like trying to like take all your time to like lift other people to where you started is less effective than taking yourself up so that you can make the larger impact in general. And like, that's an important thing that a lot of people don't understand is that you can make impact and grow wealth at the same time. And mm -hmm. growing that wealth allows you to make greater impact than you could yeah. in, in the other case. So it's just important to understand where you are in society and how much wealth there really is. Like there's dude, there's, there's country clubs here that, you know, I luckily like get to go to. Right. And the fees are like a quarter million a year, bro. And like, I can't even fathom paying that just for entry to a place. Right. Like that yeah. is crazy to me. And then paying for food and then paying for everything else. That's a different level of wealth. And you got to understand that that's, that's not unique. There's thousands of those types of clubs across the world yeah. with, hundreds and hundreds of people in each club that are members so there's some pretty crazy crazy financial advantages that exist in the world and like at anyone 
who's in that scope should be thinking about going up. And for the 99.9% of people that are not born in that world, you can get there. It's not that hard. You just have to know what you're born with and the skills that you have and like the opportunities and relationships that are in your circle and use them to the fullest because this world is it's not a forgiving place. Like if you don't use all the tools you have, you just won't get where you're trying to go. Yeah. And, and you brought up a good point. You know, I know uh, I, the mental health aspect of it is very important. Yeah. I, I don't want to discount that just because somebody is born with privilege that they're not going to deal with unique, um, unique challenges. A lot of this comes down to there are things that are beyond all of our control, like how we're parented, how our value system is set up. Um, for us by society and by the people that we look to to set that value system for us by our peers, our social circle. All of those things can impact how you feel about yourself and your position. For example, if you're in, in a friends group and you are privileged enough where your parents are taking care of certain things, like you don't have to pay college tuition and all of your friends are taking debt and taking loans that sort of guilt can develop, right? Yeah. Um, so it's important to understand that that is, is something that is external. It's not real. It's society driven, right? Because if anybody else was in the position that you were in, they would take advantage of those advantages as well. Yeah. Um, and that, that's kind of, and, and that's, that's the way that, that, I think we have to look at it as a society because I don't want to say there are no excuses, but if you make excuses or you fall into the line of making excuses, then you'll never, you'll never break free and you'll never get to, to, to where you want to go to feel equal to the rest of society. Straight up. And I, you know, I want to mention, uh, I like Steph Curry as an example for this stuff because that's a guy who was born in a family where his dad played ball, pro ball, right? He's had all the opportunities to be great at basketball his whole life. Yes, he has a semi-underdog story, but he's gifted beyond what anyone can see. The way that that guy shoots the ball, the way he moves with the ball has never been done before. He's on a totally different level compared to the rest of the game of basketball, right? That, to me, is the example of take advantage of your advantages because if he were to say, oh, I want to do it on my own. So I'm not training with the guys that you know, dad, or I want to do it on my own. So I'm not going to take advantage of any of the agent relationships we have that would represent me because I'm your son and like, you know, or the team relationships from everyone you've played with, right? Or like maybe the college relationships or whatever. It's like, if you didn't take advantage, if Steph didn't take advantage of those things, he might've cost himself a shot at the NBA where clearly he's one of the greatest players ever. And all he needed was the platform to demonstrate that, right? Yeah. And that's that's one of those cases that he wasn't born with the size to get recruited to end up there. Not many people understood what he brought to the table till he created yeah. the opportunity for himself and showed it. And like that's a very powerful example of what it looks like when you use every advantage you have. And you know that the truth of it is that every advantage you have is also necessary for you to be the best version of yourself. Like those are parts of the parts of your toolbox that make you really, really unique. Phenomenal example. And on the flip side of it, another well-known basketball figure we can use is LeBron James, right? Here's a guy who's born into poverty and 
Akron, Ohio. We're both from Ohio. We know what Akron looks like, feels like, and what the environment is like there. But instead of looking at the things, obviously he's phenomenally gifted. That's part of it, right? But it was also the mental aspect of it, of him not falling into, damn, all this stuff is really shitty, but instead focusing on, this is how I'm going to get out. And I'm going to learn, I'm going to absorb as much as I can. And every relationship of value that I create, he values. That's why he's where he's at, is because he knows how to appreciate when opportunities present themselves to take advantage of them in a very, very powerful way, because he knows what it's like to come from where he came from. So both sides of it, Right. And now he's reaching back and creating opportunities for others who may not be as gifted as him at basketball, but he's saying, Hey, we can still create advantages. Yeah. And there are still advantages that you can utilize to get to where you're going, even if coming from where I come, even if you're not gifted at basketball like I am. Yep. And let me toss in one more Kyler Murray. His dad is the number one quarterback coach in Texas. He grew up groomed for what he's doing now, but he doesn't have the size for it, right? But he took advantage of every other tool around him to the point you're making to get there. And, you know, what's powerful about all of these people that we've named is that they don't dwell on what they don't have because every single one of them has a narrative, a version of this timeline where they didn't take advantage of their skills, right? There is a version where LeBron had too much doubt and didn't go into the NBA because of where he came from. There's a version where Steph didn't follow in his dad's footsteps. There's a version where Kyler Murray rejected the training because he wanted to do it on his own to prove something to his dad, right? There's a lot of circumstance around that. It's just important in general for people to look around and understand, hey, like there is a lot that I have, right? And sometimes it takes some reflection. So don't focus on what you don't have. Focus on what you do find a way to make it what you're the best at. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Everyone's got a head start somewhere. Yep. Take advantage of your advantages. That's a good topic, man. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, it's 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 something you have to continue to have a conversation about with with the people that you're close to just to remind yourself because these things are real, right? Like yeah. our brains are wired to have pride specifically like there's an expectation specifically within within men to have this like masculine, like I control my own destiny mentality. And it's like, no, bro, you 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 have you have some people that are willing to help you make sure you you utilize them. Yeah. You know? Oh, because yeah. you may not get to where you're trying to go if you don't, you know. Oh yeah, exactly. So <laughs> on that note, you know, we're we're at the wrap on this deep dive topic. Uh, are we putting the Reza interview with this episode or is it separate? Uh, I think we will We will uh, do it as a separate special. Cool. Uh, so tune into that special with Reza and uh, you'll it catch... It was worthy of it. We're talking about J. Cole. I wanted to make it's... you feel special. Bro, we could go three hours on that. So special episode with Reza from Rock Nation about the J. Cole release coming out this Friday. Super stoked about it. Make sure you check that out. If you're in music, if you're curious about the music industry, this will be a really, really nice deep dive into how the industry works and what makes certain people so successful at it. So very interesting topic. Uh, That's it for us, man. 
Pilot Boys, we are so stoked that you're listening. Uh, stay moving, and as always, be you. You is fly. Pilot Boys out. Pilot Boys, we get on the